week. It's a very great pleasure for me to uh, uh, have asked uh, to get to hear my son Rav Yitzchak, Mashiach in Yeshiva Cherry Hill, to share with us uh, some of the keys to happiness. Okay. 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 Shalom Aleichem, everybody. Um, welcome back. Yes. Um, just as an introduction for today's, um, I just wanted to back up a drop to uh, discuss what my goal in this uh, shear is. Um, I got some feedback um, that I was going a little bit fast, um, which I readily admit to. Um, so I guess the, the cons to that is obvious. That we not so well, can you hear me well? Not so well. Now it's on the back on by me well. Now it's going out. Let me check. Hold on. Let me see. We need better Wi-Fi. Hold on. You can. Okay. Is it is it choppy or is it that it's noise in the background? Now now it's okay. Before it was a little choppy for a moment. Okay. If it gets choppy, I can switch to a different room, which might have better Wi-Fi. Um, okay. okay. So, but Let's but know. part of the um, let me know. Yes. Um, so the con of going a little fast is obvious that perhaps some things might be missed or can't be uh, hocked out enough. Um, but part of that was because my main goal um, was just to give like a little bit of a roadmap um, of the ideas uh, for happiness, um, not necessarily to get into the nitty gritties or too much detail of how to get there, but just to throw out the ideas um, to give us a better language when we discuss happiness, I saw um, in the, in the bestseller, Thinking Fast and Slow, by Daniel Kahneman. On the first page of his, of his introduction, he says, why did I write this book? He said, I wrote this book to give people better gossip by the water cooler. <laughs> and to give people a better, more sophisticated language to talk about things, um, different bias and different heuristics. And his eye, what to Ellis will come from it. You know, he's not sure, but he, he wrote it to give uh, to give people uh, you know better better terminology when uh, when gossiping at the water cooler. So a little bit similar idea to give us a better like ideas and like a roadmap, and then to go and uh, and explore them further. Um, Shlomo Sharm in, in Zrizas discusses um, how one of the aids and tachbulas to work on Zrizas is to appreciate how much Hashem does for us and Hashem's power in the world. And he says that literally, I think, one sentence. And I believe it was Rabbi Chesko Sarna who comments on that. It says that, and this one line in Shesha Sharm is the entire Shara Bechina in the Chovas Alvavas. It's basically saying how like, every line in Shesha Sharm is a whole, you know, is a whole sugi, is a whole safer. Um, so my goal really was just to throw out some ideas, um, not necessarily to deal with all the myriad of issues, just a little bit of an overview. So that's, that, that was at least in my head the, uh, the intention and the goal. Um, okay, that was just a little introduction. With that said, um, just to hazard what we were saying, we were saying last week we discussed um, three of the six keys to happiness. We discussed positive mindset, we discussed sense of purpose and self-esteem. So today we have uh, the next three which are um, love, emunah bitachon, and spirituality. Um, so, let's go, so any questions before I start either on last week or anything I said so far, not that I said too much yet, 
uh, anything, uh, any comments thus far? Okay, so with that said, let, let's begin. Uh, so, are people okay with the audio? Can anybody weigh in here whether they're hearing uh, adequately? I have no complaints. Yeah. Okay, um, everybody's okay? I think it could be that the since you're using your um, ear pods, is that where the sound is coming from? Are you speaking into your ear pods? Or? Yes. Okay. Okay. So I, I I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but it. Is it, might... it trying to try without it? It was not. It's not bad. It's going to be. Not... I think it's going to be worse. I think it's worse without. Let me turn off the air conditioning. See if that's better. Hold on. If I start sweating, it's not because uh, I'm nervous. It's because of the <laughs> lack of air conditioning. Is this any better? Maybe a drop. Okay, let's try. Okay, I'll try. It'll force me to speak a little bit slower. Okay, <clears throat> so love. So we can function in life with um, a sense of purpose and self-esteem. With those two main keys, we can pretty much function. But to really live a life of, uh, you know, thriving yeah, and full life, um, we really need a love in our life. Now, love could come with many different forms of there's some, someone has some background noise on. I'm just gonna, um, Dad, if you're able to mute oh, yes, everybody. Yes, yes, yes. Um, if anyone has anything to say, they could, they could obviously unmute themselves. Um, so, but in order to really thrive, um, we really need love and that come in many different relationships. Um, you could obviously be with a spouse, parents, children, siblings, friends, um, all types of relationships. We even see this tremendous need in that, um, in the amazing phenomenon of uh, how many pets there are in the, you know, in the world, um, I assume what that is filling the need of, of needing love in one's life. Could be other things as well, but I would definitely, that would be my starting guess. And that's fine as well. You know, it's also serving a need. Um, but just to understand how powerful we need that in our life. Um, so we know Chazal say, Lo tov adam lios levado. And I don't know where Rabbi Luban said, I'm not sure where he was saying this from, but he did say to me that that does not just mean to a spouse, but it means in general that a person should not be, uh, it's not good for a person to be alone in life. It needs, we need friends, we need close, loving relationships. And I use the word love as opposed to friendship because love is a much deeper relationship than friendship. Um, obviously, friends is obviously very important. But to have that extra level, we really need something much deeper than just casual and meaningful and deep friendships. We need even love. Um, I would say also about love that it's one of the few things in life, one of the few joys in life that don't really have a negative side effect. Um, obviously, there are complications in relationships, but the essence of love itself, that pleasure and that joy, doesn't necessarily have any negative side effects. Most of our physical pleasures that we, pers that we pursue um, do come with many um, side effects. Um, so like in life, we're looking for good times, looking for good things, for uplift, for happiness. Um, love is one of those things that are just, just good. Obviously, it's not simple, but the some feeling of love is just pure good. So we connect to this idea, this tremendous need 
by, uh, you know, Chazal tell us it's better to have a simple meal with friends than a lavish meal with, um, uh, you know, with, with other people, with non-friends. Um, and we know, it's true. I remember in our many different trips, you know, with, in the high school here, um, a lot of them were very boring in, in essence, but they were very gishmak because they were with, with friends. I remember there was a couple of guys that wanted to go travel all the way to Muncie from Cherry Hill to watch the Super Bowl, which would have entailed them driving, I think it was like two, two and a half hours each way, um, getting there late to the game, coming back, who knows what time. The food that was being served, there wasn't anything so amazing. And when I asked him, like, why, and we were showing the game locally at someone's house. So when I asked him, like, why are you, why are you driving? It doesn't make any sense to me. Why are you driving so far? You know, five to six hours worth of driving. And you can have the same game with equal or similar food here. I said, oh, because you want to be with our close friends. It's more geschmack. I said, okay, go for it. So they did. So it also relates to this idea when we understand the pain of a, of a yasum or an alman or an alman. Um, we can understand how how powerful the need for love is. Um, it's one of those things that often we don't appreciate how important those relationships are when people have them, but we all readily understand how important they are when they're not there. Um, people understand the, um, we much greater appreciate the pain of a yasum than we do the importance of a good relationship with, with one's parents. Um, even though it's really the same thing as the flip side of the coin. Because often we just, when somebody's not there, we see it much more powerfully. Okay, so that's another indicator of how strong this, you know, when I'm a person, it's like it's, it's, it's upheaval in one's life. When nothing actually happened to the person's own being, nothing happened to their body or their, but yet their whole world has changed. You know, everything is, is thrown, thrown into disarray. Um, so that's how powerful it is. We understand this idea when we're hurt by someone that we love, it's much more painful than when we're hurt by, some, by somebody else. That's how important, how deep, and how powerful love is, is in our lives. Um, so why did Hashem give us such a need to be connected to people? Um, I don't necessarily know. <laughs> we could take some guesses. Maybe, somebody, maybe some people have a chat. Um, I did hear the Rashiva say, that's all say in passing, that perhaps part of it is that it's a muscle of what our relationship with Hashem could be. So he implanted within us this powerful feeling of love to give us such a tzir, a muscle of what it could be with Hashem, what it's meant to be. Obviously, it's not so simple. I'm not suggesting that. Um, I would suggest also, and I'm sure I've seen this somewhere, but I just don't remember offhand. I think it makes sense that the idea that the world is made for kindness. Um, and therefore, we haven't planted with us this need to connect to people, to give to people, to love people, because um, that's what makes Olam Chesed Yibana. That's what makes the world go round, literally, I guess. Um, so perhaps that's also why Hashem gave us this extreme, extremely powerful need. Um, okay, so now just a quick thought on how we how we get love. Obviously, there's you know millions of ideas. Um, but we said uh, last week that it's important to get the big ideas in the relation in life, and the smaller details are important to get as well. But if we get all the big ideas and miss out on some small ideas, we'll pretty much be okay. And I'm going to be a little controversial here. Well, I don't think it's really controversial, but perhaps a little bit controversial. Um, we all know the famous Rev Dessler, 
um, piece that that uh, love is all about giving. On that part, not controversial, um, but I would say as follows that in order to really have um, love in one's life, that has to be how we view, that has to be the big idea. And obviously there are you know, tons of skills in relationships which are important as well. But if we don't have the midos and the, the concept in order for love to manifest itself, we have to be givers. Then we can have all the skills in the world, but we likely won't use those skills. And if we do use them, we'll probably still end up on empty or at least we'll start, we'll slightly above that. Um, I know there's a tremendous focus. Sometimes Torah could seem too complicated for people. Sometimes it could seem too simple for people. And I think this is one of those ideas that often we look at that are perhaps too simple, but I think they're very true. And if we look around in our lives, the people that we typically see that have very good, healthy, fulfilling, loving, peaceful relationships are typically the people that are good people, have good mythos and are giving people and they may not know all the skills. I was thinking a lot of the people that you would, uh, that have, you know, good relationships, you would not ask them your relationship shyless because they may not have anything to tell you. They'll say like, I don't know, just be good, be, be loving. And you end up like, okay, what did you tell me? You didn't tell me too much. I remember once asking um, a tremendously happy person about, uh, you know, somebody who us for happiness. And they gave me the most simple idea. I almost like didn't know what to do with it. But I realized that that's not really how he's happy, just because he's just such a good person, he has happiness. So some of the relationships, the people that have the good relationships are people that have the good meters that work on themselves, that are willing to be giving. And of course, I'm not trying to downplay the importance of the different skills and relationships, especially communication skills. Um, but I am saying that we can have all the skills, but if we don't have the, the mindset of being a giver, we're gonna end up on empty. Um, I think we really have to, um, you know, embrace that concept and approach relationships in such a vein. And the different marriage books, different machlekes in the battle, you know, all different things. But if Aaron Feldman says very clearly and lays it out very nicely, at least to me, I thought it was very nice, about how the whole purpose of life is for is to work in Hermitos and for Chesed and to grow. And he says, therefore, that's what marriage is. It goes to our marriages for three things, physical, emotional, and spiritual. There's a whole buildup, but the, the general idea is understand that there's a purpose of life and relationships are meant to help that purpose of life. Um, okay, any thoughts on that before we go on to the next category? Mm. Are, are you suggesting that um, of all types of uh, positive emotion, that this one is the uh, single most powerful one in our life, and that's why you're choosing it as the means of happiness? Um, no. Um, it might be true. I wasn't saying that. Um, that, that might be true. Um, I was thinking that I think it's the... Um, well, to be honest, in, in, uh, when I was giving it over to high school, it was a little bit longer format. I guess how love also taps into other needs, which is so sense of purpose and self-esteem. And we have those relationships, they do boost our self-esteem and boost our sense of purpose as well. Um, so it, it, you know, it's a lot of different reasons why love is very powerful. It's a very pure type of joy, which gives us tremendous uplift when we can feel that. Um, it gives us tremendous sense of purpose, gives us self-esteem. Um, so a lot of different levels. Um, I just think when we look at the 
you know, they would say, you know, talking about emotions, self-esteem is also an emotion. Um, it's also very powerful and very important to happiness, as we discussed last week a little bit. Um, so I don't, know if, I don't know if I would say that per se. Um, I just think that this is one of those major, major needs that we all have. And it's one of those major positive needs. Like when I eat, it doesn't give me that, it's one of my major needs, but it doesn't give me that much uplift and that much gishmak and happiness in life. It just fills my need to eat. Um, love is one of the major needs in my life, which also come with tremendous highs and tremendous uplift within it. Are you um, identifying in love the receiving it, the giving it, or, or, or both, or are those the same? Um, optimally, it will go hand in hand. I am actually referring mostly to giving it. Um, but obviously, if it's just one-sided giving, it's not going to give you that as much uplift. Um, definitely regarding the sense of purpose aspect, that's for sure on the giving end. Um, also the receiving end, but it's a little bit, a little bit less. Um, since, I mean, since love is about giving, it's going to be mostly about how much we give in the relationship. Um, obviously, there's tremendous joy as well when we receive it back, and optimally, that's how it goes. That's how it should be. Um, but definitely more on the, on the giving love end. But hopefully, for giving, we're also receiving. You know, <laughs> I would hope that it typically should go hand in hand in good relationships. But then, 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 then it's encouraging in the sense that that's more in our ability. We can't control so much the receiving with somebody else, but we hopefully could control somewhat our being able to give give it to other people, and if that will bring us happiness, and then we have that available to us to try to use. Very good. Yeah, you agree. <laughs> yes. Okay, very good. Okay, excellent. Okay, anything else before we go on to the next next category? Okay, let me go on. <clears throat> um, so next category, emunah and bitachon, being essential to happiness. Now, obviously, this is a huge, huge, huge sugya, and obviously, I'm not... Uh, with a proper person to discuss it, but we could just at least say some ideas. Um, and obviously, I'm not going to be able to cover the myriad of ways that a money talking affects our happiness, but just some, some ideas. So it's always good to start off with something controversial. Um, I heard quoted from the Rashiva Zatzal that, and I'm going to qualify this, so don't, don't sign off you know, as soon as I say it, um, <laughs> that he said that, Every problem is, stems from either a lack of bitachon or a lack of anova, which he said, which also stems back to lack of bitachon. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean that every problem stems from a lack of bitachon? That seems very overly simplistic. Like, so if I uh, hurt my leg, that's a lack of bitachon. Like, what does it have to do with anything? If, let's say, uh, I'm in a relationship mess, what does it have to do with bitachon? So I think what, what Dushir meant was that <clears throat> the pain that we experience from our challenges in life really come down to how we relate to our challenges in life. Um, and that's where Bitochen plays a major role, um, how we relate to our problems, how we relate to the situations that we're in. Um, that will be deeply determined by our level of Bitochen. Um, we realize that there's a purpose to what I'm experiencing. I realize that um, there's hope to what I'm experiencing. Um, I realize that hopefully the purpose is also for my benefit. Um, so how we relate to our challenges is going to be directly related to our level of bitachon. 
so, um, so yeah, it's a very, very powerful statement that the, the Rishiva that's all said. Um, but at least it gives us an idea of just how important this is. So let's go through a little bit. So Amuna gives us a sense of purpose, and that there's a truth and a purpose to this world. Um, without that, so again, I said before that a lot of these different keys are interconnected and they affect each other and play off each other, but they're also independent. So Amuna for sure gives us a tremendous sense of, of purpose. <clears throat> if I understand that there's a creator, that there's, there's a world, that there's a world has a purpose, and that I have a purpose in this world. So there's a reason for my existence here. That gives me tremendous, tremendous uplift and tremendous happiness. If I can connect to that purpose, as we spoke about last week. Um, and when it gives us a sense of self-esteem, um, that Hashem put me here for a reason. That Hashem is deeply involved with every aspect of my life. Um, obviously, we discussed last week, there are different forms of self-esteem. But perhaps the purest is this, is this coming back to this truism and to this, that, that, that Hashem put me here for a reason. Now, that sounds like self, a sense of purpose, but it's more it's that he put me here for a reason, that they created me personally, that I have, you know, a mission in this world. And so it's both, it's obviously a mad sense of purpose. Those two things are obviously very much connected. <clears throat> and that Hashem is deeply involved in every aspect of my life. The Altus Abad Kaiser about um, uh, about the Makos, that, that the Makos show that Hashem is recreating the world for every individual person every moment. You could have a Mitzri and a Jew drinking out of one cup of water, and for the Mitzri it's blood, and for the Jew it's water. And it shows us how it's not just Hashem created the world and then, okay, weiter, but know that at every moment He's recreating um, the world. Now, obviously, it's a lofty concept for us to relate to, but at least we can say the words and perhaps relate to it a little bit. You know, <clears throat> so that's, that gives us, if we're able to connect to that, that's a very, that could very much help for our self-esteem to realize that every single thing that's occurring in my life is, is being directed, you know, at the moment. Um, Vitochem is very powerful for many reasons. We said, we touched on before, that it allows us to uh, get a sense of purpose to whatever happens to me. It, it's tremendously painful if I'm experiencing something painful for no reason. But if I understand that there's a reason for this, whether it be for my growth, whether it be for um, as a kapara, whether it be as a way of me getting um, more schar in the next world, whatever the different you know, systems that Hashem uses. But the pain that I'm experiencing right now is not for nothing. There's a, a reason for this pain. Um, and obviously, Betachan gives us a sense of hope that things will hopefully be okay. It doesn't mean that everything will be okay, but at least it gives us something that we could Hope they'll be okay, um, despite you know extenuating circumstances. Um, I think who was it that said this? Oh, oh, Rabbi, Rabbi Dr. Tversky says that the difference between depression and sadness. Obviously, this is one way of defining it. It could be a lot of different ways of defining it, but he says one way of defining the difference is that depression is when a person loses hope. And so long as a person has hope, they go through tremendous suffering, tremendous pain, but they will not fall into a state of depression. So Bittachin gives us that tremendous, tremendous sense of hope that things will be okay. There's two levels. There's one that gives us hope that things will work out great, but that's not always so true. Just that we can have that hope, because Hashem is running the world, so hey, it might be great. But I think it does give us the power to feel that things will be okay. And what I mean by that is that <clears throat> if I go through what I need to do, I'll come out on the other side of this experience okay. I may be beat up, I might be 
you know, you know, <laughs> you know, in terrible shape, but I'll survive it and I'll be okay. I'll be able to manage and function and go on. And that is extremely powerful. That if I, if I have the belief that all I have to do is put one step in front of the other, and then I'll be able to be okay. Again, okay is a very simple term. Doesn't mean I'm going to be great. Doesn't mean I'm going to be jumping for joy. It means I'll survive and I'll be able to make it. That I think Bittachan does tell us, unless of course Hashem has exerted for us that it's time to go. You know, um, then it's then that's a different story. But we hope we only yes, have. Yes, I have a question. Right yes, yes. How are you doing? Nice to see. Good. You. How are you? Good to see. You. Likewise. Your father, I'm sure, is very proud. Um, how is this qualitatively different than out, outside of the Jewish world? There's, you know, if you go to any self-help seminar and um, they, they put a lot of emphasis on this idea that you go through the motions, you put one, through, one foot in front of the other, and you'll see how life works itself out. And, and they'll point to, in the majority of cases, You'll go through a, a terrible experience, a terrible stage of your life, and you'll come out on the other side, and you'll look back, and you'll see like, oh, these all these little things contributed to things being okay. So then you'll say, well, sometimes things aren't okay, right? Sometimes people die, sometimes people's children die, and that's the same thing in in our world where we have Hashem, right? So sometimes things really aren't okay. So the major, like statistically, you can look at it, right? The majority of times. You go through a difficult circumstance and you come out and, and things are generally okay. Like you're still alive. Your family's alive. You got better. Um, so I don't just, like, how is the Betokon element qualitatively different, better? Is it the same? Is it not the same thing? Is it of a different level than like your typical <laughs> advice approach to life, which is go through it, go through the motions, keep your head up. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Things will most likely be okay. You'll look back and you'll see how everything sort of fit into place to, to get you to where you are. Okay, good question. Um, I would say um, the difference would be, I'll first give an example, and then walk it back to understand Columbus. The, let's say you're in the Holocaust, so or a situation similar to that, where no self-help guru could convince you that things will be okay. Now again, sometimes okay means that uh, it's time for me, Hashem is exerted, it's time for me to leave this world, or for terrible things to happen. But, as far as like being able to call on a higher power that he's running the world and that he's going to work the situation out for me that I could survive in this world and be able to function and complete my mission in this world is much more powerful than, you know, a guy who's very charismatic telling me that. Meaning in a very tough situation. I, I don't know. I would say that that example works against you. <laughs> like that's a situation where more people were dying every morning and it's like really less likely. And no, like, yeah, I believe in Hashem, but like I could be, it's, it's like, it's the proof seems to indicate or reality seems to indicate that it's a very small chance that I'm going to be counted as, as, as a survivor here. Like, I, I don't know. I don't see it. I, like I'm not asking from a cynical okay. perspective. I'm saying like, Okay, the real the real lumbus though is that one is based on in certain situations where we really don't see any any light at the end of the tunnel sometimes or we don't can't fathom it and we're stuck feeling like there's no way out of this. I mean, I'll just if I may borrow from the uh, anonymous groups, that's their I think step number one is it to turn life over to higher power. 
I mean, they recognize there's certain situations in life that we feel that there's no hope for me. I don't see any way out of this. So yes, there could be value to looking at the world's experience. I think there's a lot of value that to seeing um, that people have gone through hard times and made it out. I think that's very powerful. I think another thing which is very powerful is realizing that you may not have to have the answers and it could be no one else did have the situation you've had and could be find Chiluk and why they're, why they got out of theirs and but you, maybe you can't get out of yours. But all those things don't make a difference because you don't have to run the show. You just have to do what you can, the best that you can. And then the higher power, as a chum, will make it work out. I think when we're in so those I'm saying, do, you, do you think a do you think a per do you think you take two people? One person who like goes through difficult situations and he believes in Hashem. And then you have another person who's been through a lifetime of difficult situations who doesn't believe in Hashem, but has like really worked on this approach of like, I'm gonna get through this. I'm gonna go through the motions, I'm gonna keep my head up, I'm gonna stay positive. Is is one person like happier than the other? Be- like better off than the other, experiencing life in a richer way than the other? Um, well, maybe for other reasons, yes, which we'll get to soon. But just, but going, but just directly to your question, um, this, this situation, I, I think that's great. By the way, I think that I think that's great. A person can um, stay positive and look at other people's experiences to learn from them. That just because things look bleak doesn't mean they are. I, I think that's fantastic. I just think a stronger form of that, if a person is genuine, and obviously having genuine be talking is not not easy. Bechlal, it's not easy. I just think a more foolproof, a more a stronger system of that is is the is bitachon. I think that system is great. I think it, I, I, I'm not against that system. And and you're, so you're su- so you're suggesting you're that you're suggesting you're suggesting is you're suggesting really the bitachon that we have access to really kicks in in like the extreme extreme situations where the other system doesn't no. really work. No, well, again, I think this is a might work in situations. It might depend on the person. Like if you can like you know, really be super positive. I'm not saying it can't work in situations, but I think that would be a situation where there would be a tremendous nafkamina. Also, nafkamina on the much lower levels. Again, the person has to be talking, will have it even on the lower levels. But right, if you are trying to highlight where I was describing a difference, I, I would say yes. Um, there are other reasons why we talk about this difference, but just regarding your shayla here. Um, I also mentioned that we talking gives us a sense of purpose in my suffering. Whereas the other person was feel like, okay, I'll get out of this but there's no purpose to my suffering. I'll just get out of it. Now, again, there are systems that we can see how much we could grow and learn from it. Sometimes there's no growing and learning from a situation. Sometimes it's just bad. And sometimes that's where we have a kapara. You know, in certain situations we could see how things made us stronger and we came on the other side better. There are certain situations and we don't have to get involved with them because just because, you know, very, very powerful. We're like, you asked them, how'd you grow from this? I'm like, I didn't. It was horrific. <laughs> And, but then we talking to the other person, okay, like there's a Gemara, um, I forgot who it was, Rabbi Kiva, his Rabbi, he was, I forgot who his Rabbi was, Daddy, maybe remember who, who was that was on his, that was on his, I think it was on his deathbed, he was extremely in a lot of pain. And a different Talmud who came trying to, to encourage him. And, uh, and Rabbi Kiva said, and they told him how great your learning was and how great you, you spread so much tire and all these different things that didn't, didn't give him any chizik. Rabbi Kiva came to him and said, suffering is valuable. And from there, he got tremendous chizik. So a different shot on what that is. One shot given is because it gave him value to his suffering inherently that that other systems will not give us. We don't have bitachon. 
just my suffering for months before a person dies, there's no growth taking place from that. Uh, you know, there might be on, on, on the Midos level, the Muna level, the Tachon level, but again, there's also, you know, our concepts. But to recognize that there's purpose to my suffering, um, I think so. Someone else would you say something? Can you suggest yeah, building, building on that, can I jump in here? Sure. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to cut off Isaac there. Um, but what I was thinking Who's speaking, was... speaking, by the way? Avi Kuttner. I made a call with Alan. I'm on the phone. Yeah. Hey. Um, so what I was thinking was, instead of us framing it as Bitochum, which of course it is, but I feel like, um, like by reframing it to just kind of like Victor Frankl, and you know, even though he wasn't religious, and I don't know how much he really believed in God, but he was able to find purpose in the meaning of the hell that he went through. So, um, I feel like if we can. Maybe like try to on a day-to-day level or on a more practical level, we focus on trying to find meaning in the suffering, and by building on our previous life experiences, where we were able to somehow be positive when we've gone through a negative experience or we've we've seen how there's something to learn from it. If we were able, you know, we're able to hold on to something, whether our level of Hashem is so high or you call it a higher power or whatever. Uh, just today I was, I was, um, Avi, is that the same thing as we talking or is that a different idea? I think it's the same thing. I think it's just, how how you want to put it down in, in like, you know, how you want to think about it. People that are not so into Hashem. I know then it can't like, be B'tachon. Like, if you're not into Hashem, then it's not B'tachon. It's something else, which may have a place. We're trying to define how B'tachon adds something um, to the other good ideas of uh, perseverance and hope and a belief and personal growth and trying to uh, find some kind of personal meaning in your experience. We're trying to show how Bitochan is adding something significant to that. Okay, so I mean, okay, so let me say that differently. Um, I think anyone that's on this call believes in Hashem. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here, right? So, starting at that point, Whatever degree I believe in Hashem, whatever level of Bitochan I have, so then, yeah, the fact that there's something greater than myself that's the guiding force here is, you know, even if you don't want to go with, um, you know, how, how, even if we don't want to necessarily break down and we, we still want to hide behind higher power. Meaning, for example, I, I was talking to somebody today that's an atheist. I, I work with clients in a therapy setting, and 
this is, he's 23 years old, this guy, and he, he likes to call himself an atheist. So we actually were talking about, you know, kind of the same topic. And um, what I said to him was, whoever you want your higher power to be, so there's something in it, there's some feeling that you have, there's some hargasha. And if we can, even if we don't want to use these words of bitachon or whatever, it's all the same thing for anybody that's on this call and for all in our relevancy. Ravolbi writes very strongly that um, the power of Amunah is very deeply ingrained in the nature of a person and uh, when the life circumstances call for it, it has a car to come to the surface. You, so you allow me to, to suggest something um, in, in the context of, of how Bitochen could be useful uniquely? Sure, I just want to call um, our attention to the time though. So, but then, okay. but yes, then you can go for okay, it. Okay, it's Bikitzer. I think just uh, very simply, um, based on a Yena by Behold Rechacha, the, the gaining of Bitochen itself and the strengthening of Bitochen itself is itself a great spiritual achievement besides the fact that it helps me to be less worried about the circumstances and be more uh, believing that there's a purpose in the circumstances. But since the circumstances themselves are a cause to enable me to need to focus and thereby to focus on the fact that they're from Hashem, they thereby take on meaning and value because they are bringing me closer if I use them properly, because they, they, they are they themselves are the means to me to focus on the fact that they're from Hashem for a good purpose. And that itself is strengthening me to become closer to Hashem and giving me that experience of greater closeness to Hashem that was engendered through this challenge that brought me into more real contact with Bitochen. Does that make sense, Isaac? You hear, the, you hear the contrast? Not just be talking and things are going to work out, so therefore I'm not worried about the circumstances. <laughs> the circumstances are a vehicle to gain more contact with the meet the bitachan with Hashem, which is itself gratifying and spiritually uplifting. Maybe the greatest accomplishment in all of it. What? Uh, we're just saying, like, are you saying like the morale by from Sarah Agra, that idea that the more difficult the situation yeah. is, the more you yes. actualize your, your yes. closeness. Yes. Yes. Okay, so it makes about as much sense as that made. Okay. Take uh, over. I was going to say, <laughs> I think there are probably like a thousand different ways how Moon and we talk about the effects of happiness. You know, we could go on and on, you know, and on. Um, each, you know, and all good things. I was just, you know, throwing out some ideas, but it, I shouldn't, it shouldn't be viewed as. The ideas I'm throwing out as limiting <laughs> anything else has been shown. There's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of ways how it would affect things, you know, in our day-to-day -day life. Um, so, yeah. Okay, but, so moving along, unless people would want to, I mean, I, I have till 10 o'clock, I could stay till then, but uh, I want to, you know, move through yeah. a little bit. But also, it, it takes the weight off of our shoulders in our day-to-day -day life, and the fact that I'm not running the world, I just have to do, do my best, do my establishment. On a stress level, it's, it's, it's a tremendously different, uh, different world. When uh, I mean, aside from like how we deal with the extreme challenges and having hope, 
but also on the day to day level of how I approach life, it takes a lot of weight off my shoulders. Whereas I'm not, you know, whether this company will survive or not is not going to be in my control. And again, I'm not claiming to be on this madrig. You know, one should, you know, interpret it that way. I'm just saying the words. But if we're able to act at such a level, it's a whole different world. And also, we could call, and I saw from Rev. Phil Per, um, he said that Bitochen, there's two types of Bitochen. There's one, the deeply ingrained one, um, that a person lives with it day to day. He said that most of us are not all over for that. He said there's another level, which we know the ideas, we believe the ideas, and we can access it when we need to access it. Um, and in those struggling times, we could, we could call upon it. Um, I think you were saying before, Daddy, that that automatically comes out. He was saying a little different, but not to say to that extent, but just that we could call on it, even if we don't live day to day by these ideals, when we need to, we can call on them. Okay, moving along. <clears throat> um, even for physical gratification, we, we need a moon and we talk on. And um, this is gonna also tie into our next part about spirituality. But there's a shmooze the Shiva has from about Avinu that it said when he died, that he was a, he died, he was a happy man. I forgot exactly the Chazal. It basically says because of his midas, because he was uh, he was able to smech b'chalko, therefore he was able to be happy. And the Shimon was all asked, of course he was happy. He had, he had everything in the world. He was he was super rich. He was super famous. He had, you know, Yitzchavinu was a child. He had a connection with him. He had everything a person could dream of he had. Both Rosai Ruchnius, Sai Gashmius, Sai Nitzchius, he had everything. Any words that he had. What's the grace of Hiddish that Avon Vinu died? He was happy. Shkayach. So she was that's all said because, because it, I guess it's maybe it's Pashat, I don't know, but I'm, um, once you ask the question, I guess it's Pashat. <laughs> that, um, that, that, that we can have everything in the world, but the, the etzim of happiness is really about our being Samech Bechalko, about working on our midos to be able to have that. But what, what I took out from that really is the whole view on happiness. It's a view that, that I understand that, and this word really ties into our next thing, and this really is a doma for the whole you know, concept of happiness, but whatever. That happiness is not about the, the highs, not about um, the positives and the sugar rushes. Um, the Orch Sadiqim, in the beginning of Shara Simcha, says very, um, I would say blandly, defines Simcha as basically a person that's shalva belayed, his tranquility in his heart, his tivus are met, he's not missing anything, and there's nothing which is depressing him. So I think it's a very bland definition of happiness. He doesn't say that he has gishmak. He doesn't say he's smiling all the time. He doesn't say that he has, you know, euphoric feelings. He just says he has his tivus met. He's not lacking anything. And he goes on to describe how you need Muna Bittachim and Stapkus and Seichel, whatever it is, to, to access that. But I think this ties back into understanding what is happiness. And that happiness is not, it's about being whole. Meaning as follows. It's, it's about lacking a lack. Happiness is not about how much we eat, but about how full we are. Meaning pleasure is about how much we eat. Happiness is about how full we are. What percentage of our being is, is, is whole? If we're feeling, happiness is when we feel like we're not lacking anything, or at least the, the less we're lacking, the happier we are. We often, at least instinctively, if we don't work on it, think of happiness as the joys and the, the positive, the highs. And really, happiness is really about getting our, our needs met and being whole and being complete and not lacking. And therefore, 
Um, so first of all, it helps us define what happiness is. I know that's uh, for me to move on quickly after saying that's probably not so right, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, <laughs> and for Munam Vitochum, how this plays a huge role in that, in being able to be Misamech Bechalko, meaning, you know, Ezoashah Misamech Bechalko, what that means is that it's not about how much I have, but about how whole I am, and I'm happy with what I have. So even in our geschmack, in our physical gratification, in order to enjoy the physicality that we have, we need to be able to take that step back and to be appreciative and be satisfied with what we have. So we can actually just enjoy it on a physical level um, and be gratified. So even on the physical level, we need a moon to be talking. Obviously, also entails other meters work as well, but that would be another whole uh, topic, which is perhaps too much. Um, but that ties right into, into our, our sixth key, which is spirituality. Um, and perhaps someone has a question on this, they could ask after I go through spirituality pieces because it's going to be connected. Um, and then, uh, and I just want to move along because of, of time. Um, so, so spirituality is that, so we have many needs. We have physical needs, emotional needs, and spiritual needs. Um, and if any of our needs are not met, we're going to have a certain emptiness in our life. So, and obviously, having some emptiness is not a big problem. It's all commensurate. We're all, it's all, you know, the more we, the, the less, the more empty we are, the less happy we'll be. The more full we are, the, the happier we'll be. It's not all or nothing. But our spiritual needs are our are, are greatest needs. Um, um, I don't know if I have a raya for that. I, I think it's Prashat. Um, our whole purpose of life is for spirituality. So, that's our greatest need. Um, and we know that uh, the Shmuz is about the Rambam. That a person's lot of that if, if halacha di- dictates that the person who's supposed to give his wife a get, um, we're allowed to force him to do so. We can beat him up until he until he caves. And the Rambam says, "I uh, I force get is not supposed it really doesn't work. Get has to be given willingly. You can't force a get. So how is it allowed to force a get when halacha mandates it? For whatever reason it will be mandated. Um, so he answers that." Because deep down, a person wants to do what's right. He wants to be part of Klai Yisrael. And all we're doing is removing the blockages that allow him to access what he really wants deep down. Deep down, he wants to do the right thing. So the Shiva commented on that and added to that, that what about a Russia? What about an Apikairus? And Allah Chattak is that even by a Russia, by a, by an Apikairus, do the same thing. So how can you tie him by a Russia that, that he wants to do the right thing? I understand your average Joe, he wants to do the right thing. Okay, he, he wants to do the right thing, but he has a hard time. He doesn't want to divorce his wife. Okay, so you have to hit him and find some kitaka. It's the right thing. I should do it. What about a Russia a guy? Doesn't believe he's an apikaris. So how how can you say it by him? The should have said no. Even by him, because deep down, that's that, that's that's the mensch. That's the person has these deep spiritual needs, and if we don't fill them, we can never be happy because we'll be we'll be empty. Um, Shiva, I forgot he quoted. I forgot it was the Ralbag maybe, but Pikude Hashem Yisharim Basam Chelev. The idea that Pikude Kamina Pikadim, something is deposited within us. Um, that that's a need within us to to, to fill that need. Um, and I think if I get a little bit more controversial, I like being controversial, I guess. Um, that this is the uh, one of the great holes in the field of psychology, and I apologize. There are some uh, therapists on, on here, um, but I'm not putting down psychology. I was pointing out something that they don't address and they're not intending to address. It's not a, an insult. You just get to recognize um, what they do address and what they don't address. There's a lot of things that Torah does not address. You know, Torah does not address a lot of things, at least that we can't access it, at least. Um, so one of the great holes that, that psychology understands the brain, understands the mind, understands the emotions, understands the 
behaviors, but it doesn't understand because it's, you know, obviously now it's a little bit, it's, you know, got much more involved with from therapists. Obviously they can adjust it, but I'm saying inherently the field of psychology does not recognize the neshama. First of all, they don't believe in it. Second of all, even if they didn't believe in it, I don't know if they would know too much about it. <laughs> so they can't incorporate it into an understanding of how, how a person functions and what he needs for his happiness um, because they don't believe about that aspect of a person. And uh, I, I thought of a, a couple of Michelle for this. One would be like, you know, I just got a new Tesla. Of course, I didn't actually, just a muscle. <laughs> but a person gets a Tesla and then something breaks a little bit and he takes it to his mechanic, you know, to, to repair it. Guy has no clue what to do. He's absolutely no, he's a regular mechanic. He was not a Tesla mechanic. No clue what to do with his car. Because he, he's trained in, in dealing with, you know, you know, a regular motor. He has no clue what to do with an electric car. It's not his fault for not knowing what to do, but he's not nice. He has no clue what to do. So if we don't understand this tremendous, um, that we have in the Shama and that we have a tremendous need for, for spirituality, we'll never be able to access, we could, we could be okay, we could be functional, we could be very functional, and we can have a good time in life. But to access this level of happiness, of contentment, of being whole, of being, uh, of having serenity, of, of being at peace, of, of being uh, happy, um, we can't have that without recognizing this need Another much I thought it was a. Uh, uh, yes, uh, when, when yes. I'm not I'm I'm not a therapist, um, but right. many a therapist will, you know, they'll suggest you know why don't you go you should go do good things for other people get involved in the community do chesed right like so what part of the body do they think is being fulfilled when they suggest that to their patients which they suggest all the time. Okay, so I would disagree with you just on one thing, um, that that yes they do suggest it all the time and yes that is part of the spiritual needs. But all the time is about the one percent of the overall therapeutic approach. <laughs> Meaning, um, yes, that does play a role. Yes, that is often part of the treatment plan. But and by the way, I'm not coming. I'm just to, saying. To, I'm, to, I'm just talking about. Wait, 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 I'm just talking about a recognition. I have a question. Hold on. Wait, back up for one second. Hold on. Wait, back up for one second. Before you go, is that David? That was Avi. Oh, so one Avi. second. I was one second. One Avi. second. One second. One second. Part of my uh, disclaimer in, in last week was that I'm not, we're not coming to discuss depression. Again, depression should go to a psychologist because there are other things playing a role than a person's spiritual needs not being met. So we're not coming to address those things. What we are trying to do is understand, at least in this moment, to understand the difference between what Torah addresses and what psychology can address. Right now, I'm just addressing what psychology does not address. I'm not trying to address what psychology does address. Um, I think what psychology addresses, which Torah does not address, at least not on the surface or the topical level um, that we could access. Um, perhaps in the, in the Nister realms, it's there, but I don't, we don't know how to access that too much. But um, uh, so yes, of course they recognize that there are um, spiritual needs. I mean, that's not to take it back. Not of course. Many many people don't. The fathers of the field are all up Carson. Well, they may recognize that a person feels good when he helps somebody and that does access their spiritual needs. 
but if a person doesn't recognize that this is not just like a detail which would be good i'll cross i'll help the old lady cross the street and then i'll feel a bit better about myself like no no no. it's like a fundamental it's like not having food like if you don't have food you will not function well yes you should grab a cliff bar like somebody you should grab a cliff bar okay so that might help me a little bit i'll have a little bit of nutrition in my body but like if i don't have it in a real way and like major part of my life it's just it's just i'm just gonna be an empty it's just and i might have a little bit i'll help the lady cross the street and i'll feel good for that for that moment but it's not gonna be enough and and again the fact that that psychology doesn't address it is not a problem it's not their job to address it i what i am highlighting is that if a person is lacking in their spiritual needs and turns to psychology for it, it will not be met and therefore yeah, um, this, yes um, was talking, Avia. Yeah, Avia. If I could try to just attempt for a second to try to make some show in between the different the different schools of thought. Between, but but, but just literally a second, just because I only have uh, five more minutes. So literally, okay, not literally a second. But, but, um, we can continue all, after. Somebody, it's a, you can. It's a you finish, and we'll continue okay. after. So so go ahead. Say, finish your presentation first. Okay. Um. Okay. Let me say I only have a drop left. Okay. Almost. We'll say, uh, so um, could, could, I, could I catch the question what you were saying? Not, just... not yet. You hold it, and we'll discuss it after. <laughs> um, okay, there's another quick motion I, I thought of, is that you have, you have a child who's misbehaving, and, uh, you know, and it's terrible, Shrekhoff, he's calling all the professionals, making behavioral plans, all these things, all these systems. And then the mama walks in and says, what's going on over here? Okay, the kid's hungry. He needs a sandwich. And all of a sudden, the kid's behaving well. Obviously, I'm, it's a simplistic muscle. Don't scare me. I know it's a simplistic muscle. But it's the idea that a lot of times we're having a lot of pain and not functioning well. And it's because our, our basic needs are not met. Now, sometimes it's food. And we all recognize that with kids, that it's quite often the issue. Kids just doesn't have any behavioral problems, doesn't have any psychological doesn't have any problems, just he's not, he's just hungry. But so too, obviously our spirituals are much more subconscious and are much harder to connect to. But so, someone asked me, um, can we relate to this idea? I said, try not, you know, you know, obviously different people are different, but if a person would radically change their spiritual involvement, they would start feeling all different. You know, if they would, you know, reduce what the, their spiritual engagement in a drastic way, they would, they would feel different, you know. So, okay, so, so we could try to fill this under everything else, but it won't work because only one thing that can fill it is the spirituality. And we created this idea a little bit just to give us a shallow appreciation of this. When a person, you know, Davin has a nice Davin, they feel connected. They talk and feel a little different. When a person has a nice side of learning well, they can feel different. When a person helps others, they can tap into this feeling. As you said, Isaac, they feel different. And it's just ideas how we can relate to these are actually real, you know, needs and real feelings, not just like some like nice thing I do, some nice thing. We actually, re you know, resonate and connect to it physically, meaning our emotional need. We actually feel it. Um, Okay, so that is basically, I think that's my position. I have a couple more minutes. Everyone wants to scream at me. They can scream at me now. Otherwise, they could scream at my father after I sign off. <laughs> can I, can I just ask? Yes, like all, I'm, all I'm saying, this whole thing, which is, by the way, very incredible presentation. Um, I'm happy I signed in. But it's, we, there, there seem, there's a tendency to sometimes minimize the depth and richness of the outside world to artificially inflate the specialness, that the special element that elements that we have when it's not needed we don't need like we could recognize the full extent of what's, what exists in the world and still 
with with a, with a more sophisticated approach see and expose the richness and advantages that we have. So I'm just pointing recall, that. If you look at look at Nietzsche, I, I, look at Nietzsche. Read up on Nietzsche. It was all I, about I God. Recall, he had he he believed I, that you could do I, nothing without spirituality. His whole Nietzsche, that was his whole his whole theology. Nietzsche was a philosopher, not a psychologist, by the way. He, he was trust trust me. You be, you, be, you do you do very well. You do very well sending yourself your child to Nietzsche, whether or not he was a philosopher or a psychologist. I might come back uh, as a pretzel, but either way, but either way, by the way, I didn't put down psychology one drop, by the way, Isaac. Um, I'm, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a psych I don't care. Isaac, I'm, I'm just saying a general, no, a general idea. Said, I was just saying a general idea, not related to your presentation. All right. So I'm just saying a general idea back that I didn't put down psychology one drop. I just pointed out one area which they don't address, just like Torah does not address depression. I know, but I, I, think, that, I think that there is much more, a, I think there's much more recognition of the soul and the and the need and the prime the primacy of the soul's needs in in modern psychology than you're giving it credit for. And not that I'm so exposed to psychology myself, like to, to oh, such I a great am. extent. I think I have the opposite problem than you. My, my my problem is the opposite of yours. That our involvement mm -hmm. in the what's supposed to be spiritually satisfying in terms of religion is all too commonly not really a spiritual experience for us. So how can we have more of those good davenings? And those good storm that really give us a feeling of connection because they seem to be so rare, unfortunately. Yeah, that's a good question. That's a fair question. That's not an opposite problem. That I, how's that an opposite problem? You are saying that the, even the secular world has that spirituality. And I'm saying all that spirituality that's supposed to be in the religious world somehow doesn't seem to always to be taking place so much. We're doing things a lot by rote. Right. And I think it's and I think it's because I think it's I think it's because I think it's because we tend to practice a, a diluted version of it because because we're complacent by just saying, well they, they have none of it and, and we have we have it all and we figured it all out. I don't know if that's why okay so you have to go you have to go. So you're pausing here? So we have to give a grace Thank you so much. Oh, it's wonderful, and so um, okay. we hope that we'll have the pleasure again someday. Yitzi, Yitzi, <laughs> I'll address Yitzi. I'll address your question. <laughs> okay. Yes, okay. Okay, Yitzi, go Thanks. ahead. I I was just a little confused. What what the it sounds like he was coming to Bavorn some idea that happiness is not like um, highs. It's rather just like a, he's calling it a wholesomeness. And but at the same time, he's saying you still need to feed it with spirituality. I, I, I just didn't understand, like, if he was saying there's, like, I, I just didn't know what he was saying that the, I, I didn't understand what the, what he was excluding and what he was trying to say. It was, it was very confusing to me. Yeah. I, I was very confused with the idea of the wholesomeness. I, I just didn't right. get that. Right, sounded like I'm not so clear myself. It sounded like he was understanding that that the reason why Armavino is praised is not Stam that he would have not had the Midah, he would have wanted more and more, and that's why he would not have been happy. It's not ultimately about the fact that because you're going to want to have more and more. It's, it's, it's essentially because if you're looking at what you have as the cause of 
your 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 gratification, your excitement, you you have this, you have that, that doesn't work. What 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 essentially has to be is that I'm samech b'chelka whatever it might be. I'm in a state of tranquility. I'm in a state that the Achasadikim is a little confusing because he talks about, you know, you have what you, your your desires are met. So I'm not sure. So how to is that them. is that is that talking about a, like a, a I'm saying, in like he, he would the next part he was saying was that, uh, spirituality was a necessary thing, for someone's happiness. So, it, it, Let's. I don't have spirituality. Can I still be wholesome if I, if I feel like I have no? Like I, you'll be you'll be lacking. You'll be lacking very so, so, significantly. So, the, so that whole conversation. Not being fed. You, know, you don't. You don't have so your the whole conversation. Of, I mean, the, the, the whole the whole idea of being happy with what I have is just like with the with physical needs. Or, or well, I still need certain things, but when it comes to physical things. Do I also still need the certain things like saying why I need them by spiritual things? It's essentially, it's essentially not being in a state of lacking. If those things that I'm missing in the, in the, in the physical realm are not disturbing to me because I'm accepting what Hashem is giving me in life, so then they're not experienced as being lacking as, as as being incomplete as being as being missing so then it won't disturb my happiness in the same way if i'm missing the spiritual components then i'll be lacking because i'll be lacking in the spiritual infusion that a person needs like he needs to eat he needs to sleep he needs to have is the shama being cared for so, so but why why is that described as like a uh, just make sure you don't lack any any. I, I don't know what the whole lacking thing is. To avoid yourself not lacking. It's it's to fulfill. Is I don't know what that means. You have needs and they need to be met, and it's only if you meet them then you'll be happy. No, what's the concept of just making sure you don't lack? I don't know, you, you, you can't say it in terms of well, making sure to fulfill all your needs. You're not in control of that. And you, you don't even know fully what your needs are. So it's more about how you're viewing your life situation. I'm viewing myself as... Yeah. So I, would, so I would think, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not feeling that I'm not lacking. It's I, I. Why? Why can I feel like I have everything? But but like you said, like it's just it's just a mind shift to be able to be be satisfied and happy with the reality that's presented to me. Like what? Again, because if it's if it's about my feeling, oh, I have so much, I have everything. I'm so rich. I'm so blessed. And that should not be a shvachtar mavinu. Of course, he's blessed. So then, why is he getting such a shvach for it? So but it's, it, it's the fact that he. The answer is 
No, if he doesn't have the good midah, then nothing is going to be enough. He's trying to, it sounds like he's understanding you differently. I'm not sure, you know, that's so simple. But it sounds like he's understanding you to be, it's not because um, if I don't have that proper midah, then nothing is going to be enough. And I'll, it's going to be the having the things, having everything is not what gives me the happiness. It's not the positive having. It's not, oh, I have so much. I have everything. Could it, could it be both? Is it that I have and I'm happy? It's, it's, I, but it, it's I'm happy with what I have. So it is the having. It's just not only the having. Is that, is that that'd be appropriate way to say it? Okay, I guess, um, you know, I, I don't think I can answer for Yitzchak. Hi, Baruch. So nice to have you back again. Isaac, what do you say? Thank you, thank you. Delight to be here. <laughs> okay, I think we should go back to Avi, who's going to try to be Miyashev, Isaac, and Yitzchak, even though Yitzchak is not here. Avi, you still want to try to do that? Say that again? So you still want to give us the Yishev of Yitzchak and Isaac? <laughs> Bring together Isaac and Yitzchak. That's good. <laughs> Okay, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe maybe we can say that um, remind me just what um what what the back and forth was. Well Isaac was saying that um even in the uh, the non religious world there seems to be a recognition of the spiritual needs of a person and how being involved in altruistic activities are very gratifying. They, they also know about that. So in, in, in what sense is the uh, spirituality of religious life uh, unique that the psychology world, so to speak, is not aware of or not involved with? That was Isaac's question. The youth that was saying, oh, they do give it some some recognition, but it's only of like so a small piece of the pie. And we would say it's a much larger part of the pie. We may not be doing it so well, but at least we believe that it has a lot to contribute to the overall overall feeling of well-being and not lackingness of a person if we would do it right. Or I got a little distracted. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm looking there. Um, um, so do you I was want just to, text, I, want to I was just to that back and forth. Yeah. So I was just texting Isaac actually that um, maybe we could get somebody that you know more equipped to have a discussion about it for like an hour, like Dr. Akiva Perlman or maybe Dr. Shlomi Zerman, <laughs> if we could have him as like a guest. You know. Like for Tishabo, maybe, you know, Tishabo's coming up, so maybe yeah, they okay. can do a duo there. Good, but, that's, um, a great, that's a great idea. Um, the, in, in, in a nutshell, I'll just say one thing, that, um, yeah. so, Abraham Maslow was, um, you know, a big, uh, big person in the world of psychology, and he has um, a pyramid with the hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm, Sure. And, you know, spirituality is close to the top, I believe. You mean it's not really at 
the bottom foundation. It's somewhere on the top, like icing on the cake. Right, but it's still part of being if. Right, it's part, it's part, but it's like at a high, a high level. You have to add that too. I hear. Okay, so Aaron, I'm not going to give a sufficient answer, but I'm telling you, if Akiva promo there, he would like bring out like all the Carl Rogers, like you better the humanist approach. Like I don't know, I feel like you. Okay. I don't know. I I I would add one thought. Which I was trying to stick in before, but. It really was a little bit too uh, too busy. That when you're doing it as a means of causing yourself to feel good, it's not as effective as when you're doing it for its own true good, essential nature. The happiness comes most effectively when it's a byproduct. I know you sort of mentioned this in one one of his talks in Sharelam. Maybe just didn't get to it. You know, when 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 if you are aware that by you know helping people you will feel, feel good, and you do it as a means of giving yourself that good feeling, it has somewhat of a, uh, you know, um, so, sort of a self-directed motive. I'm, I'm helping the other person, I mean, not totally, but at least largely, because I want the good feelings to come from it. Whereas if I value the, the, the virtue itself, the value itself, the goodness itself, helping other person, which I would be happy to do and want to do, regardless of my own personal, uh, you know, emotional needs, which are valid, but I want to do this for its own pure good sake, then it works better even for the emotional needs, which is a very tricky thing. Yeah. Good night. Uh, exactly. So, so why can't... That awareness, but... Go ahead. No, so, so, so to take to take that to another level, um, to take that home for any, you know, I don't know if there's any other firm therapist on the call, but um, I guess the, the part that bothered me about what Yitzhak said is that, like, I, I feel like he was stereotyping psychology for, like, the, the sprach of what, what psychology is known for. And okay. if you take... And I don't think he had any intention one way or another. That's probably the way it goes by, unless you're like no give it or like me. And like, you know, you can just like feel a little bit like stuck. Okay. Like, so you're, you're, you're saying that there is in the, in the world of psychology, people that give a, a good amount, a healthy amount of recognition to the spiritual part of a person. And that's, that's fine. That's okay. <clears throat> I would say, because I don't want to call it psychology. I, I don't know the world of psychology. All I know are there, you know, as me and you have spoken about, there are different types of therapists, you know? And yes, correct, correct. Like, it's not about, I, I'm not, I can't tell you that I, I never even went to school for psychology. I went to school for social work and I got a degree in a couple of years. Like, I don't know. I'm not holding like, up like that. That could be a whole different discussion. Like, for me, even like, open my mouth. Like, I'm not holding like that, so. But the, the, the real question is, um, do, we, do we hear that a basic idea that um, by being involved in spiritual, in real spiritual activity, we can expect to you know, reap the benefits or decide benefits of um, a greater feeling of contentment, of wholeness, of having all our person being 
cared for, so to speak, and and properly functioning. My, what I wonder about more is how can we accomplish that um, those spiritual opportunities, so to speak, should actually be, uh, you know, real and be experienced. A lot of opportunities, but usually we're going through them so fast, we're so busy, we're in such a rush that we don't really have the simas lave, the attention, the, 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 the connection with it, that it should really give us what we need it to give us. And so that, that, that's one thing I'll just say, another part of, of, of psychology today in 2020, that's moving away from the world of Aaron Beck and CBT and, you know, like 50 years ago, mm-hmm. is, is this movement of mindfulness, right. which is... right which is exactly the whole idea of being present in the moment. And I, I could say from you know, my experience, like that to me is the foundation of like any work that I do with anybody that's successful is being, you know, trying to give over a foundation of mindfulness. And what's, the, what's the best book on that topic, uh, Avi? Um, John Kabat-Zinn is like the, I don't want to call him a guru. First of all, he's a yid, and it had to be a yid that you know could say something that's so precious. Um, could you could you, you text me the, uh, the 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 title and the author? Sure. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Okay. Um, I guess we can pause here, unless anybody objects. <laughs> everybody for uh, being together and um can you boo well good get together this shim's help everyone for